Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Because his kingdom is the one that ultimately prevails. And presidents are in and out of office. Kings are in and out of their particular, uh, their palaces. Empires rise and they fall. Other kingdoms have expanded and contracted, but God's kingdom is the only one that is continuing to grow and expand and be with us to this day. That is why, friends, you need to be with that kingdom because it is the one that has won and is going to continue to influence and win all the little battles and skirmishes that are going to be taking place both now and until Jesus comes back. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. In our country, we live in a time where politics have run amok. Christians have never been more confused about candidates, legislation, and how they need to vote. One of the reasons for this confusion is that we are not allowing God to guide our opinions and beliefs about this important subject. In this sermon series entitled Politicked, we will find that God has not come to take sides. He has come to take over, and how that truth affects our lives is what we will be discussing. Please enjoy the message. You see, that referee has a set of rules and guidelines that they are trying to get those teams to play within. You might even say this. They are the conscience on that field. And as they are operating with their influence, trying to keep the game fair, trying to get goodness to come through, they are the ones that you realize really have all the power. And they are not supposed to be in any way, shape, or form affiliated with one of those two teams. Instead, they are connected to a higher power, the NFL League office. And that is where they get their authority from. And friends, what I'm saying is, is from a Christian standpoint, even if you don't believe in Jesus, just, just hear me out on this. Christians are supposed to be connected to a higher power. And we are the ones who are meant to be, in a lot of ways, reigning in the evil in our world, moving forward God's goodness, advancing his kingdom as the conscience of our cities, our states, our country, maybe, and I would even argue our world. That is each and every one of our roles. But if we're not careful... Catch this. If we affiliate too much with one team or the other, we can get disqualified. I don't know if you remember a few years ago when the uh, NFL referees were actually on strike. And as a result of them being on strike, they had to bring in replacement referees from the college game. And those replacement referees were ruining, I mean, running the games. You remember that? I mean, they were, way, they were in way over their heads with, the, with some of those games. But there was one particular referee, unbelievably, who was, who was officiating a New Orleans Saints game. And then it was, it was found out after the fact that he was an outspoken New Orleans Saints fan. Now, I don't know how anybody can ever cheer for the New Orleans Saints, okay? I don't even know how that is possible. But here he was, an outspoken, affiliated, connected to, aligned with New Orleans Saints fan, and he's refereeing the game. Well, obviously, he was fired, and he did not get any more games because he should have pulled himself out of that game and not been a part of it. But the reason that happened 
is because he was too connected to one side over the other. And the reality is, is he needed to be connected to that higher power, which was that league office and not one of those teams. And that is what we are talking about is that as Christians, when you are connected to God and you are connected to his word and you are led by a Holy Spirit inside of you, then in those moments, you get to be like that third team in this world that we live in, that you're not dominated by one party over another party because Lord knows we all know that at times one party can be more aligned with God than the other and then the other party can be more aligned with God than the other and it's really us that have to be able to see past all of that as we connect to the one who is ultimately sovereign over it all over it all and so how are we supposed to vote how are we supposed to cast that vote well the first thing is this I'm gonna give you three quick takeaways the first thing is this is that a Christian must vote you must vote this this season there will be about 40 million men and women Christians who will not vote and that's just, that's just unacceptable. As a Christian, according to Matthew chapter 5, you are salt and light. You are meant to influence what is going on. You don't have to control it, but you get to influence what is going on. That's what salt and light do. Just yesterday, I was making some French toast. I didn't know this, but I'm looking at the recipe, and it said you need to put a little salt in it. Well, so I put the salt in it, and I didn't really taste the salt, but I guess the salt made it a little bit better. I'm not entirely sure. But if I would have put that salt into that, into that recipe, in, into all that, I was mixing up the eggs and the milk and everything else. As I would, if I would have put the salt in that and the top of it comes off, that salt would have then gone from a influencer to a controller. And you're not meant to control everything. You're meant to influence, well, maybe everything in a certain way. And by casting that vote, it's a small way just like a little bit of salt influences food. It's a small way that you can influence this culture, this society, this city, this world. And we have a responsibility to be stewards of what it is that we have been given. Proverbs chapter 29, uh, verse 2, tells us this. It says this, that when the godly are in authority, the world may not even know they're godly. The people may not even know they're godly. But you know what they will do? They will rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, and the people may not even know they're wicked, doesn't matter, they will groan. You've got to cast a vote. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program.
Edwin Burke says it this way, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil in our world is for good men and women to do absolutely nothing. Now, you might say, Phil, it's just a vote. It doesn't really matter. But it does. There are enough men and women that are eligible to vote in our church that we could have swayed two very controversial elections over the last few years. For example, Al Gore lost the state of Florida by 537 votes. Don't tell Al Gore your vote doesn't matter. Norm Coleman, 2008 Minnesota Senate seat, lost by 312 votes. Don't say your vote doesn't count. There's literally enough people eligible that come to this church that could have swayed those elections. Even just as I was coming into church today, coming to church today, I had the mail-in ballot. I went by a drop box and I voted. And the reason that I did that is because I wanted to tell you that. So I'm, <laughs> that's how preachers do it. If we don't have the illustration, we make the illustration. So I literally, I did though. I really went by the drop box and I dropped my ballot in because a Christian must vote. You need to do that. But that's not all that you need to do. The second thing is this. A Christian must understand the values of God's kingdom. You see, we want God bless America. Everybody wants that. But we don't always want one nation under God. I want God's blessing. But that blessing often comes with obedience. That blessing often comes with us becoming aligned with what he values and the way that he wants things to operate. When you came in, you should have been given a card. And if not, you can pick them, out, pick them up on the way out. But these cards are political issues that you can filter through the Bible when voting. Just a few of them I'll share with you. Taxation. Mark chapter 12, verse 17. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. You know, for us personally, Laura and I, we decided years ago that we were always going to give to God first. Because where your money goes first is what's going to influence the rest of what you have. And so we said, you know what, before the government gets money, before our retirement funds get any money, before the, the companies sending us bills get money, we are going to give money to God first. And so we've always done that. And then we render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Immigration. Here's the thing about immigration. The Bible and God don't have an immigration policy. God does not have an immigration policy. He has an immigrant policy. Immigration is a part of the Bible. Immigration is a part of our history. People travel according to opportunity. People have always traveled through lands according to famines. People have traveled through lands according to wars. What God instituted was a policy, not about immigration, and it's good to have immigration policies because if you don't, some of the basic social structures that you have can be overrun. So you, it's good to have those things, but God isn't dictating an immigration policy. He dictates an immigrant policy. And that policy is simply this, to defend the cause of the fatherless and the widow and to love the foreigner residing among you. No matter how they got here or what the circumstances are in which they are here, people are meant to be cared for. People are meant to be helped and they're meant to be loved. And no matter what the circumstance is, Christians are always, always called to do that. Racial disparity. Acts chapter 10, God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Here, here's where God stands with race. 
and this is only a part of it, and I know there's much more to this. No one should ever, ever be made to feel bad or less than because of their skin color and race. I'll say it again. No one should ever, ever be made to feel less than or bad because of their race. And as you look historically, the colors of skin that are persecuted against and the colors of skin that are looked down upon, they always change. And what the Bible tells us here is that God shows no partiality. And as a Christian, we always ought to have that mindset. Abortion. For God created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That at conception, there is a life that is there that God is guiding along. Marriage. A man shall leave his father and his mother, male and female, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Yes, we should influence laws about marriage. But ultimately, in God's eyes, marriage is between a man and a woman. Education. Wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. We've got one particular candidate uh, who's in our state right now, and, and she was sharing uh, with me, and I was, I was talking with her about how uh, education is so important, specifically up to the third grade level, because statistically speaking, that if a child is reading at grade level at third grade, they're much more likely to um, be able to graduate high school, be able to get a job, be able to maybe graduate college, but ultimately they're going to be a benefit to society. But if a child is below that reading level in the third grade, things, as we know, who, those of us who have kids, begin to pick up at that point. And a few things happen if that child is behind and they don't get caught up, is they're less likely to graduate high school, they're more likely to become a felon, and certainly and spend time in prison. They are, are more likely, ultimately, to be on welfare and to be a detriment to society. And it all comes back to just getting them at age level reading. I mean, that's why education is so important. Welfare, you need to have welfare in place in any society. I think that's a very good thing. But at some point, it crosses a line to where it's, there's a dependency, over-dependency. Judicial appointments, I mean, I had a point, I was looking at my ballot, I didn't know who some of the judges were, so I just didn't vote. But we should choose, and that's why we should choose wise and understanding people to be on those seats. Environment, you should work it, take care of it. In other words, you should use it, but we shouldn't abuse it. So it's there for us to use, but then we do need some parameters on all of it. And all of that can depend, and all of that is a little bit relative to the circumstance and situation, but this is how you filter through what's going on in our world and who it is that you should vote for. These are, it's a very, there's a lot of information, and that's a great resource, I think, for you to take advantage of. The third thing a Christian must do is vote for candidates who best represent God's kingdom's values. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Bible says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that we want that are aligned with God. All those things will be added unto us. Now, as we vote for these candidates, I want to point towards Romans 13 briefly about how a government should function. Because the Bible honestly isn't all that specific about how government should function. But it does give us two specific parameters as to how the government should function. This is what one of those is in Romans 13. The first is this, to protect the rights of those who do good 
Every nation has rights. Some have more rights than other, other, other countries. But every nation has rights that, need to be oper- that we need to have available to us. Romans 13 says this, So do what the government says, and you will get along well. For the authorities are sent by God to help you. They are there, if you are a law-abiding citizen, they are there to help you live within the rights that have been given to you. Now, as a Christian, you do surrender your rights to following after Jesus. I'm talking about the government, though. And whenever you see the government beginning to not allow people to live within certain rights that have been given to them, well, that's one of those things that we ought to think about critically and process through. Number two, is to punish those who do wrong. Again, in Romans 13, for the authorities do not frighten people who are doing right, but they frighten those who do wrong. So do what they say and you will get along well because the authorities are sent by God to help you. But if you are doing something wrong, of course you should be afraid for you will be punished. The authorities are established by God for that very purpose to punish those who do wrong. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. I was talking with a police officer just a few weeks ago, and he was sharing with me about how some of the, um, some of the laws that have recently been pushed through with bail reform have actually allowed serious criminals to end up back out in the street. That's a concerning thing. If you commit a minor crime, you know, you should be tr- treated accordingly, which is, is appropriate. But if somebody, tre- if somebody commits a serious crime, that's not a good thing if they're not getting a serious punishment. Actually, again, if you look back through our country and other countries, when crimes are not punished accordingly, that's usually, specifically whenever they're serious crimes, that's when gangs flourish, that's when crime flourishes. These are all things, again, to be sorting through and processing through as you cast that boat. But as I, again, bring you back to Jesus, and that third team that we're all connected to, that third kingdom that we are aligned with, we might at times be a little discouraged. Because it seems like what is going on is so overwhelming and is so just large and huge. And how I know you're saying, Phil, yeah, you say we can influence, but it just doesn't seem like it. I'm telling you, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that you're a part of a winning team when you're aligned with God's kingdom and you're aligned with Jesus. And you have to look no further than those first followers of Jesus. Think about his disciples. They're just some ragtag group of men, no wealth. No influence, 
didn't really have a lot to say and a lot to do in their particular areas of the world that they lived in. And then you think about the people that came after him, after Jesus died and rose and was ascended unto heaven. They weren't much better, were they? I mean, they did, there was maybe one or two that had a little bit of money, but they didn't have a lot of influence. They didn't have a lot of say. If you would have looked at that group of people that were praying in Acts chapter 1, and even in Acts chapter 2, they're in the upper room praying. You would, you would say to yourself, if you were to go back to that day and just look at it without any idea of what was to come, you would say, there is no chance that this movement is ever going to make it. Especially with Rome all around us. The most powerful empire the world had ever known. No one would have ever imagined that Rome would go away. But it did. And that empire was broken up into different nations. And just to take it a little bit further down the road, a little bit further to us today, practically speaking, you want to know why God's kingdom is one you need to be aligned with? Just look at how we name our kids. Peter, Paul, Phoebe, Lydia. And what do we name our dogs? Caesar. Nero. Because his kingdom is the one that ultimately prevails. And presidents are in and out of office. Kings are in and out of their particular, uh, their palaces. Empires rise and they fall. Other kingdoms have expanded and contracted. But God's kingdom is the only one that is continuing to grow and expand and be with us to this day. That is why, friends, you need to be with that kingdom because it is the one that has won and is going to continue to influence and win all the little battles and skirmishes that are going to be taking place both now and until Jesus comes back. I'm reminded of a story of a watchmaker um, who had a man come to his shop. And the man pulled into the parking lot and there wasn't any other cars there. But he had this watch that had meant a lot to him and to his family. And so the watch had stopped working and he needed to get it fixed. He walks up to the door hoping, beyond hope, that, some, that it was still open. And just by chance, it was open. The owner was still in there, even though there were no cars in the parking lot. Well, the man walked in. He said, hey, I've got this watch. Is there any chance that you could fix it? And, and the, the watchmaker said, yeah, yeah, of course. We can fix this watch for you. And the man was very appreciative of that. He said, well, thank you so much. Do you, do you by chance need a ride home? I, I saw that you didn't have a car here. And the watchmaker said, oh, no, I don't need a ride home. And then he pointed over towards some stairs that were in the corner. He said, you see those stairs? They go upstairs to my home. Those stairs take me to where I live. You see, that is my home. And this is just where I work down here. That's our home. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says, For every Christian, everyone who is called on the name of Jesus is their Lord and Savior, that our citizenship is in heaven. And we are here as a conscience of this nation. We are here as a conscience for this place that we are in. But that is the kingdom that we are ultimately connected to. And we're just here to reign in the evil, to expand God's goodness into this world. And so I'm going to leave you with three quick takeaways. I want you to understand God's values in the Bible. I want you to cross-reference those with the candidates that you're considering voting for. And then we just want you to go and cast an informed vote. 
so with all that being said if you are somebody that's a little bit concerned maybe anxious about what's happening around us politically speaking or if you're somebody that's just anxious about what's happening in your life it may not have anything at all to do with what we just talked about we're gonna have some people available in this next song to pray with you and we want you to know that we are here to lift you up to the Lord and we are here uh, to again to ask God to intersect into whatever hurt and pain that you have in your life to intersect into your, to add, ask God to intersect in your life to bring healing whether it's emotional or physical so we're gonna have a word of prayer and then we're gonna have that time of prayer and worship and we'll wrap up our service Heavenly Father I, I'm so grateful that you've given us this calling to be salt and light into this world and Father may we take a hold of that help us Lord to, to have a conscience that isn't trying to affiliate and be defined by one party or the other, but Father, to always be defined and, and connected to you. And so Lord, guide us to your truth and help us to know how we ought to vote and to take advantage of this opportunity that we have to steward this right that's been given to us. And we give you this in the name of Jesus. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.